You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Justin Christensen. He's a former rodeo bull rider, which is a first for the show. Justin has always had a knack for accomplishing the impossible, and he is now solving one of the biggest problems facing marketing, conversion rate optimization. He found early in his career that split testing is the key component to helping clients connect with their audience. In turn, that has helped over 200 clients generate over $100 million in additional revenue. So he's a best-selling author. He contributes on this topic throughout the internet, and I'm excited to have him here. So welcome, Justin. Thanks, Dennis, for having me. Yeah, thank you. So we've talked a little bit about conversion rate optimization, and it's one of those things that is not super sexy, right? Everybody's focused in on more leads, more leads, more leads, more leads, right? More email leads, more leads, and you know they or more traffic, I should say. They're focused on more traffic, thinking that that's always going to convert to more leads, and they and a lot is falling through the cracks. You agree? Oh, I agree 100%. Well, I would think so. That's the whole foundation of your business. And that's why we're here today because you're going to share with us some winning strategies, some winning conversion rate optimization strategies specifically for SaaS companies. Now, some of this would work for other companies, but we're going to focus in a little bit on SaaS companies today. You know, And you've been able to help some of your clients increase their conversion rate by up to 75%. So that's significant. And So we're going to talk about that a little bit, but before we do, give us a minute or two quick backstory. Tell us kind of how you got here, and then we'll dig into some of these winning strategies. Awesome. Yeah. Well, the short version of it is I started digital marketing way back in like 2002. I've been full-time since about 2005, partnered up, kind of moved up the ranks through affiliate marketing, became the number one affiliate for a program, and then ended up partnering on that company. We grew at about 400 or so percent the first year we were partners then another 100 plus percent the next year. And I sold it back to them in 2009, I believe, back to my partners and uh, started a private consultancy kind of based on some information we had published there about split testing and optimization. People just asked me how I did it and do the implementation. And fast forward, I partnered with a longtime friend of mine who kind of had a small team. And we grew now what is Conversion Fanatics, where we help company do that implementation of the optimization strategies to help them get more results out of their existing marketing efforts. Perfect. So you started that back in 2013, this new venture, Conversion Fanatics? 2014, yeah. Okay, great. All right. So tell me a little bit about that company, if you don't mind. Draw us a picture. I mean, whether it be, you know, to try to give us a sense of scale, right, of what your business does. I mean, whether it be number of employees or revenue or customers or percentage growth, draw us a little bit of a picture there. Yeah, since 2015, we've grown, I think, somewhere close to 900 something percent in terms of our company. 
We have a staff close to about 20 uh, right now and growing. It's kind of funny going back. We were just, you know, two guys hired one guy. And then, you know, we were working virtually meeting up at coffee shops to have our team meetings. And a couple of years ago, moved into our now office. And we were wondering what the heck we were going to do with all the space. And now we're wondering where we're going to put the next desk. So it's definitely been a ride, definitely been a journey. But yeah, we're, you know, growing just because we're focused, you know, solely on how can we deliver a better product for our clients? And how can we be more efficient internally? Because at the end of the day, our clients are, you know, the boss. Yeah. So it's a done for you service, basically, right? Yep. Full service. We do design, development, implementation, strategy, analysis, all of that stuff internally. What niche do you focus on most, if you don't mind me asking? I would say we're pretty heavy in e-com, but we do some B2B, we do some SaaS, but it's really just where the need's at. And if we can help, we generally do and will help. So it kind of comes across. So we have a widespread you know, array of clients that we service. Great. So you're growing fast. Can you, if you don't mind me asking, are you talking like a high six-figure business, seven figures, eight figures. I mean, I don't, I don't, you don't need to give me exact revenue, but can you frame it in that so we can get a sense of where you're at today? Yeah, it's seven figures. Seven figure figures. Awesome. All right, great. So now let's get a little bit micro into your business, right? Let's talk a yeah. little bit about conversion fanatics. One of the things that my audience loves to learn and, and me personally, right? And thus the question is, What's the number one strategy that you're using today to get new clients for your business? Now, I know you work a lot on your clients to help them with conversion rate optimization, get more demos, more leads, more clients. But I want to talk about conversion fanatics. What's the number one thing you're doing to get new clients today? What's working now? Well, it's actually, we've shifted gears about seven, eight months ago, and it's kind of a combination of things. So we've kind of hit a brand equity kind of saturation where people are starting to really recognize us as a brand and not just Justin Christensen or my business partner, Manish. So we're kind of got a combo. We do a lot of outbound, took a page right out of, you know, Salesforce way back when we first started it. And then we do a lot of event sponsorships. We do some online, you know, retargeting. We do some direct mail and a kind of a culmination of all of that working cohesively is what's really driving out our lead generation. So we get the majority of them from outbound and actually we're making a big push right now, kind of a rebrand, restructure of our website, redesign, and we're pushing out a new content initiative to to really, you know, take our content game up to the next level. Okay, awesome. Can you break that outbound strategy down for us a little bit? Because I know you mentioned event sponsorship and online, but I think that just helps support your outbound strategy. Talk to me about the outbound. You mentioned Salesforce. Do you have an inside sales team? Do you outsource that? What does that look like? Yeah, we have an inside sales team. So we have a team of about four people that does all of our kind of sales and marketing from that standpoint, from the traffic side online. We do a lot of cold outreach email mixed with phone calls and direct mail to kind of support it. And we have a big, long system, you know, that we've developed over kind of the last two and a half, three years that's really you know, kind of grown and morphed into something kind of massive. So we just scrape, you know, the internet essentially for companies that we feel that we can, can help. I know scrapes kind of a nasty word, but it's more professional than that. And we really find companies that we can help. Then we kind of build the use case, we build the value there for them, and then just proceed to follow up with a ton of value until we get the interest and then start the conversation. And then 
you know, the awareness from the rest of the things kind of support it. So I don't want to read into this, but the first thing that came to mind is you, you maybe do a cold email with some sort of content that would be relevant to that target market, trying to get a little bit of engagement. And then once you get a little bit of engagement, or maybe you follow up with a phone call and it's kind of a combination of those things to nurture it into an eventual appointment. Is that kind of a rough look at it? Yeah. I mean, we do a ton of value up front. We try to keep it very short and to the point. We're not, you know, it's not about us at that point. So we want to really just give them as much value as possible. So give them a tip or trick that's specific to their website, give them some split test ideas, back it with some case study examples, you know, give them, you know, the chance to get a more in-depth, you know, analysis that we'll create for them based on their actual specific data. Got it. So it's a very custom type of message. You're looking at their website, you're seeing some areas where you think their optimization might be off or where you might be able to move the needle. You give them some ideas for free and then you start a dialogue and then hopefully pivot that into an offline conversation. Yep. Pretty much. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Love it. Great. Okay. So today we're here to talk about, you know, these winning strategies that you're using, not only for your own business, but for your clients where you've been able to help them generate over a hundred million in additional revenue. Specifically today, we're going to talk about those winning strategies on how you've been able to help SaaS companies to increase the conversion rate optimization by up to 75%. So if you'll unpack that for us, I'll sit back, let you kind of guide the ship. I might ask a couple of questions in and in between, but talk to us a little bit about that process and how you do that and how someone in my audience might be able to start implementing this a little bit on their own. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned at the beginning that everybody's just striving for more traffic. They're looking just, they think that more eyeballs on their offer or their, you know, their product, their solution is going to make, you know, make the big world of difference. But what people fail to realize is there's another side of the coin. You have traffic and you have conversions. So if those, that, those eyeballs, it could be the most targeted traffic on the planet. If they don't convert at a high enough rate, you know, costs are, you know, up there, you know, you're spending more to acquire a lead, you're spending more to acquire a customer and they're not converting at a higher rate. But what if you had 10, 20, 30 percent more results out of that existing traffic? How much of an impact would that be for your business? And what people they don't focus on that side of the coin. They just focus on that. Again, they need more eyeballs. And the biggest thing is, is they don't realize that if their traffic is more effective from a conversion standpoint, that their costs go down, they, it yields happier customers, it yields, you know, more benefit for the customers, more engagement, more brand awareness, more brand equity, because you are being more effective all around as a marketing machine, rather than just driving a ton of traffic to a landing page in hopes that you're going to get you know, one or 2% of those people to take the desired action that you're looking for them to take. So what we do is we take that side of it, the conversion piece of it, and we really dive deep and try to figure out what story the data is telling us and what story by the actions that those visitors on our websites are taking. So we can really just understand and ask the question, why? That's what at the end of the day, that's really all we're trying to do is just answer the question why. And it can come in many shapes and forms. But generally, we'll look at the, you know, quantitative data, such as your, you know, Google Analytics account. We'll figure out where the visitors are at, where they're going, where they're falling off in that process. Are they coming in more on mobile? Are they searching the website? Are they doing, you know, what kind of demographics are coming in? And just really kind of just understand the flows and the behaviors based on that hard 
data that we're collecting about every one of our users. And then we kind of move it to the next step where we actually ask the visitors what they want, you know, in the form of maybe an exit poll on the website. You know, why did you find get every question you had answered today or some kind of open ended question that that gets them talking and gets them to share what kind of frustrations they were having on the website. So we can kind of build the use case and find the patterns in that data to just, again, understand the, the behaviors of it. And then we'll use heat maps, click maps, scroll maps to figure out what they're actually clicking on, where the how far they're scrolling on the site. Are they seeing the most prevalent information on that landing page that we want them to see? And maybe it'll uncover that they're clicking on something we didn't think they were clicking on. And maybe we need to highlight that or they're confused or we're finding out that the visitors are going down a path. And maybe then they're going to click on the about page because we haven't built enough trust or credibility in our system or in our marketing. So we want to address that. And then from there, we just kind of boil down all of that information and then come up with a test hypothesis. And again, a test hypothesis is just really that, just answering the question why again. So it's if variable do then result due to rationale is typically what we do. So, you know, if we change the button color from, you know, orange to green, for simpler terms, if we change the button color for from orange to green, it will add more contrast to the page and in turn increase our click through rate. So that's a simple test hypothesis example. But we want to create as many reasons why that particular situation is happening on the site. You know, is the value proposition hard to find? Is the call to action you know, missing? Is there not some congruency or consistency promised in the ad that isn't transferred over to the actual landing page? And just make a list of everything we can possibly think of to then test all of those specific elements. And then from once we have all of that information, we essentially take that information and then we start split testing and we follow the data from the split test. And what we're really trying to do is test to figure out what holds the most weight in the eyes of the visitors. So do they actually care about that image? Do they care about that button color? Do they care about the forms? Do they care about all of these elements? And then we use it to kind of iterate and inform future tests so we can build it up to a bigger overall use case to improve those KPIs that they're looking to improve. Got it. Okay, great. So this brings to mind an episode that I had a while ago. It was a solo episode where I talk about in episode 113, where I talk about how there was one tweak I made to my website that helped add over 20,000 in profit in 2018. And what I did kind of is very similar to what you're talking about in that I was optimizing for lead conversion, email opt-in, right? And I was able to use a tool called Sumo, which everybody, most people have heard of. And I did a conversion test and I was able to double, literally double my opt-in rate by doing something very, very minute, right? Very small had huge impact and added, you know, over 20,000 in profit for 18 and I'm projecting maybe 40 or 50 for 2019. So something very small can sometimes make a huge difference. Like you talked about, you know, the color of a button or the position of a button or the shape of a button or an image, you know, those little things that you're testing, you know, one or two or three little tweaks on a website. I mean, that can make all the difference, right? If you, mm-hmm. but you need to do it strategically, right? And you need to use right. data to make those determinations. And and I'll be honest with you, when I was, I never really did that before. It was, I never really looked at it from a data perspective. It was always kind of like, well, you know, that this is what I think it should look like, right? And then 
well, this is what we got out of it. So, you know, we're not going to really split test it. And so I'm a big believer in this whole concept of looking at the quantitative and the qualitative and then doing some split tests based upon, you know, some of the hypothesis that you come up from. So I love that basic. What I love is I love it that it's simplistic. It's not easy, right? And there's a lot that goes into it, I'm sure, but it's a simple process, right? Simple idea behind it. So what have you found to be some of the things, particularly for SaaS companies, right? Because we want to hone in on them a little bit today. What have you found to be some of the some of those hypotheses that you've seen that have had the biggest impacts, whether it be, you know, the simple example of, you know, button color or size or image or form? I mean, what are some of the things that you think have made the biggest impact for your clients? Yeah, some of the big things on the the SaaS side are, you know, and this can apply to a lot of different businesses too, is they try to pack so much information into a particular landing page or a particular website, and they're just screaming from the rooftops about how awesome their product is and look at all of our great features or, you know, look at this, that, and the other thing. And they're trying to over, basically they're overwhelming the visitors at that point. So what people fail to really figure out is keeping that linear path to the end goal that you want achieved. And I have a quote, it's actually a framed on my desk here that says, lead the visitors down the path of least resistance to where you want them to go. And you make it very simple. Here's what I have. Here's what it's going to do for you. And here's how to get it. Or here's what to do next. And really backing it up with the benefits of the product in that it's what's in it for me as the consumer or me as the business. How is that going to help me rather than I have X, Y, and Z feature? And why should I care about that? They just keep it very simple. Usually a good strong headline some benefit-driven bullets that are supported by the features. So you're going to get this benefit because we have this feature. And then a clear, concise call to action on what to do next. And then maybe some social proof to really back it up and build up that credibility and trust. You know, maybe your differentiator or something that you have different. Maybe you have a one-year, you know, guarantee, or maybe you have, you know, a 90-day trial versus a seven-day trial of your competitors something that differentiates you that can really highlight and make you stand out. And then the other element of that is they overcomplicated or over distract the visitors. So maybe you have a white paper, you have a webinar, you have a free trial and you have a demo and you have all of these elements and you're pulling the visitors in multiple different directions. So keeping it very streamlined and simple and linear, again, leading them down that path of least resistance is what's going to make or break specifically what you're doing from a conversion standpoint. And then you can tweak and adapt those particular elements to then squeeze more juice out of the orange per se, um, to really maximize specifically what you're looking to be achieved. And this comes in, you know, there's nothing is off limits in terms of testing. And like you said, the littlest things can have the biggest impact. And an example of that is we were testing form fields on a particular client in the software as a service space, very enterprise level. If I said the name, you'd know exactly who they were. And they had a form field on there. How did you hear about us? And all we did was removed that how did you hear about us field on the form because we already knew we were tracking it to that particular landing page. It wasn't anything special. It was They were driving paid traffic to it. We knew exactly where the tracking was all on point. So we removed that, increased their form submissions to demo requests for by 75%, all by just simply removing that friction point 
in that process is they didn't, we already knew that information and it wasn't necessarily relevant to ask it of the visitors. In turn, it added some friction to the process. And I see a lot of companies doing something similar. They ask for all of this unnecessary information, which can lead to overwhelm. It can lead to, you know, big breakdowns in the process and drop-offs in the process. So just get the minimum amount of information that you can get by with. And that usually will help increase your conversion rates and increase the engagement. And you can take it a step further if you do need to have all of that information, then just break it down into bite-sized chunks. You know, ask one question at a time, turn it into a quiz style, you know, ask their, you know, their sex, are they male or female? Do they, you know, ask their zip code first, do some other elements that can get them to do those micro commitments and take that next step. And we've seen up to 1100% improvements by just breaking it down into bite-sized chunks. The particular case study for that was we had a company that was in the auto finance world and they were looking for people to do financing and they were asking a bunch of information on that first page and they hadn't built the trust in there. So all we did is just broke it out and asked for their zip code first. That was the only step on that page was what's your zip code? Can we help you? Let's find you a location near you to really just take them to that next step and get them engaged in that process and get them shopping, you know, per se to really just moving down the pipeline. Because once they take those micro commitments, and they move down that process, it's harder for them to bounce or leave once you start asking the more complicated questions. Yeah, I really like that. I mean, what I like about that is you, you said a lot there. There was a lot there to, mm-hmm. to digest, okay? But what I took from that was, you know, a lot of times web pages or websites or creators or content, whoever's creating those websites are overloading and overcomplicating the process and they're confusing the users. And when there's frustration, they click away, right? When they feel frustrated, when they feel confused, when they get lost, when it's too busy, when there's too much to digest, I mean, we're getting, we're all getting crushed anyway, right? So I think the lesson I take from that is simple, right? Keep it Mm -hmm. simple. And like you said, follow the path of least resistance of what the ultimate goal is for the end user. And so if you keep that in mind, you know, I think a lot of web pages <laughs> would get uh, would become a lot more simplified. And then that example you used on the form field, I mean, that's a perfect example of something very, very small that anybody in my audience can test, right? It's very mm-hmm. easy to test that, right? Super easy to test that. And so, you know, I think that the audience, you know, should take away, you know, the idea of less is more right? Less is more when it comes to particularly those pages when you're looking for high conversion rate. I mean, not every page, but every page that you're looking for high conversion rate, like on your contact form or your demo form or your email opt-in form or your white paper form or whatever it is, you know, less is more, keep it simple. And I really like that idea of those micro commitments, almost like a multi-step form, right? Where you did that zip code and then you kind of got them committed and committed. And now all of a sudden they're like, all right, well, I'll just finish it. I'm already halfway through, you know? So. Yep, exactly. So yeah, the whole point of it is it's just get them engaged in the process of what you want them to do. And the more engagement that you're going to have, the more likely you're going to increase those KPIs that you're looking to increase. Love it. Perfect. All right. Listen, last two questions. We're about out of time, but last two questions, we'll do them rapid fire. And I'm sure a tech guy like you probably has something interesting to share. So if you had to pick one, what's your favorite growth tool or software? Maybe it's a SaaS product or some technology or app that you guys use to help grow your business. 
Biggest one is that our kind of our favorite right now is Hotjar. So we basically provide it for every single one of our clients. That's our heat map and click map and our exit polling and our screen recordings and all of the qualitative data that we need to collect for our clients. So I see far too few of sites that have some kind of heat map solution on them. So I highly recommend getting some eyeballs on it from that perspective. Perfect. All right. And what would be one book that maybe has had a significant impact on your journey or helped you throughout your entrepreneurial career? Well, besides writing my own, of course. But, yes, besides um, yours. Of course. <laughs> no, one of the best books that I've read in the last couple of years, in fact, I've read it about three times since, is Playing to Win by A.G. Laffley. He's the former chairman of Procter & Gamble. It's a bright green book with yellow text on it. So yeah, it's a fantastic book. Talks about, you know, the breakdown of the marketing and the psychology behind, you know, selling diapers and their, you know, $50 billion mistake and all of these things that are in the book. I, it's a tremendous book. One of my all-time favorites now. Awesome. Well, listen, let everybody know how they can connect with you. We'll make sure we put those, put all that in the show notes and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah. Awesome. So you can find out more information about us, read some amazing content, find information about my book as well by going to conversionfanatics.com. And if you want me to take a look at something or have our team look at something, you can request your free analysis there, which we'll do a deep dive. And then if you want to connect with me on social, just go to Clixo, C-L-Y-X-O.com slash Justin Christensen, all one word. Awesome. Well, listen, Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Have an awesome day and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.